because I know he's a big part of it and I love watching yeah. that guy and I could not think of his name. And then when the movie started, like the first frame of him, I knew it. Like John Polito <laughs> popped in a, in my I just head. in my head had him as, Oh, the, the Coen brothers guy, whenever they need a guy <laughs> to like maybe eat some chicken. And <laughs> isn't he uh, also, uh, isn't and, he the rocketeer? He yeah. is in the rocketeer. Uh, yeah. He's the monster in the rocketeer. Uh, welcome back to refried reviews guys. I'm John JP. And, uh, yeah, today you might've guessed we are discussing the, uh, well, you know, cause you clicked on it. Um, <laughs> the, 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 1990 Coen Brothers seminal classic, uh, Miller's Crossing. Um, we're watching it because of JP. <laughs> yeah, this was my choice this week. Um, and just to the spirit of this whole show and, and looking back mm-hmm. on movies and stuff, I'd have to think of everything we've watched so far. But I think this was probably my biggest surprise of, it turns out I barely remembered this movie. Yeah. And I thought I did. <laughs> I remember, like, my main thing I remembered after watching the first one was like, oh, that's actually a pretty cut and dry story. No, it's not. <laughs> no. It's, it's wacky. And, well, not wacky, but it's... It's, it's pretty wacky. <laughs> <laughs> I guess it is kind of wacky. Maybe not the plot exactly, but the, the approach and the tone is very it's, wacky. It's definitely stilted in its way. <laughs> um, but, yeah, so what, what was what was your impression of it? Like, you know, but when you sat down to, to hit play, what, what were you thinking you were going to experience i was trying to remember when i last watched it it was maybe early college um it was i was sort of had a big cohen discovery in in high school and and went through a lot of the movies then yeah um i i just remembered it being a little more serious uh thinking about it earlier it it comes down to i feel like maybe at that age not quite that many rear back haymakers (laughs) (laughs) That too. A lot of haymakers in this movie. (laughs) (laughs) But um, it it was almost, I feel like maybe the first time I saw it, I was still sort of getting used to the genre to a degree. Mm -hmm. Kind of the way maybe a high school student reading Shakespeare, even if they could understand it, it's another thing to understand when something is a joke and when something's being played on and all that. So I, I remember it being a lot more serious than it turned out being yeah because the actors have such gravitas and and they make such a big deal out of it but half the time it's a joke about how over the top it is and the words they're choosing well i felt like that was like one of the big just overall themes of it is just like this whole thing's stupid (laughs) like this is all about you know some guy deciding he like getting it leaked to him that someone was fixing fixing fights um which before we're done with this we need to trace the actual scheme because (laughs) john turturro lays it out at the very end um but i missed like two-thirds of that right Um, first of all (laughs) were he and mink like a couple um Mink was somebody's lover, a dude's lover. Was, was, it Dane? was he the Danes? Yes. Okay, Mink yeah. and the Dane were a thing. Got it, got it, got it. Uh, anyway, um, so yeah, like... The, <laughs> spoilers. <laughs> real, real subtextual spoilers, um, but spoilers nonetheless. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, they... Uh, like, the, the whole thing starts just because, like, this John Turturro's character and the Mink have decided they're going to uh, start, you know, uh, cashing in on these fixed fights. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, John Polito's character, uh, Casper just doesn't like that. And it just gets crazier and crazier and crazier based on this one little absurd thing. Mm-hmm. And I feel like the, the was, movie uh, I wrote like, down what he was doing. It was a uh, Bernie Birnbaum is chiseling in on his fix. <laughs> <laughs> oh God, the dialogue in this movie. Uh, 
<laughs> Nobody knows anybody. <laughs> Not that well. <laughs> or, my favorite thing he says in the whole movie though, is, what happened to your face? It's an old war wound. It acts <laughs> up around morons. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Yeah. Oh, what was it? Fuck, I forgot. But there, there's a good line when Gabriel Byrne is like woken up, hung over. Oh, oh yeah. Fuck. Anyway. Like right at the very beginning. Yeah, yeah. One yeah, of the first sorry. of many times he's woken up hungover. <laughs> uh, but yeah, like the whole thing starts just because of that. And then the movie seems to be looking, almost looking at the camera and going, all this is fucking dumb. Mm. Like none of this needed to happen. Like, <laughs> it's all about the hi hat. Yeah. And being outraged <laughs> because me, of the hi hat. Giving me that. What does the hi hat even mean? I mean, I, I assume it's just sort of walking up to someone and like, like you're better than them, a little bit snooty, a little bit. Your hat's higher? Like yeah, I just want—I yeah. mean, I understand what the what 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 saying he gave me the hi hat meant in the context. I just want to know why that's the term. For I mean, it. I assume it's like turn your nose up, like sort of a—I uh, don't know—sort gotcha. of a, a better than, like higher push than. Your hat up and... That's that's what I imagine. Okay, sure, but I'm making it up, so sure. <laughs> yeah. Then it's it's worth noting then that in uh, in the last scene between John Turturro and Gabriel Byrne, it just occurred to me he pushes his hat up. <laughs> he literally might be giving him the high hat there. Symbolism? Yeah, maybe. I don't know. Subtext. I think I read the the Cohen's first image like when they had this screenplay in mind was um uh sort of like a tough lying down in the forest and he takes his hat off and it's sort of carried. You yeah. know, which which ended up being the the credit sequence. Yeah, but yeah, it's very heavily hat themed. <laughs> it's 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 hatful. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, you want to? I mean, I know it's convoluted as fuck, but you want to take us through the basics? Uh, yeah. So I thought maybe we would just hit a lot of the character names first because okay. that like I had to, to check Wikipedia a little yeah. bit. Yeah. Okay. So the the sort of major major players, as I see it. Are we have a uh, Tom who's Gabriel Byrne, Tom Regan, yeah, and he's sort of the the uh, the consigliere, yeah. to Leo, yeah, who is Albert Finney, yeah, and has that badass Tommy gun sequence, <laughs> yeah. Oh, I guess I guess one thing this isn't really um, sort of reappreciating the movie or whatever, but every cast member is like, oh my god, that's awesome that they're in this, and holy shit, are they young? <laughs> yeah, dude, Marsha Gay Harden's looking hot. <laughs> like, but just everybody, like Albert Finney and Buscemi, like, these look like young men, kind of. <laughs> yeah, no, Steve Buscemi kind of, he doesn't He doesn't look like he's begun, like, melting yet. <laughs> um, poor guy. Yeah. Um, he's, he's at his least, like, Mr. Limpet looking. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so... Um, so that's sort of the relationship there. It's a long-standing thing. Yeah. Presumably, they've been together forever, and he's sort of been his advisor. Yeah. And uh, so, uh, Marsha Gay Harden is Verna. Verna, yes, Verna Birnbaum. So, so that is a uh, that is Leo's girlfriend, who Tom is having an affair with. Yes. So that's that setup. And uh, her brother is Bernie, who's John Chaturro. Bernie Birnbaum. Who is uh, involved in the... What's John Polito's name? Uh, Casper. Casper, yeah. He, he's, they're, they're all sort of... He's just a bookie. And he decides... He, he, get, he gets it leaked to him that, uh, these, that uh, Casper's fixing these fights. And he starts betting like Casper's betting. And that's bad for Casper because it kills the odds. Sure. And so his, you know, he's chiseling in on his fix. Um, <laughs> And and yeah, so that's that's the basics. Yeah, so that's sort of this 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 problem that initiates this whole movie. I guess those are kind of the main players yeah. involved um, before sort of the the Dane gets involved at all. Yeah. Uh, okay, so that's that's sort of the the Dane just like stands behind Casper and grimaces <laughs> for the first half of the film. Yeah. All right, so sort of the while we're in the basic setup mode, we it's revealed that this this problem is happening um, yeah. with Casper. We see that. Uh, Tom, Tom doesn't want to protect Bernie. 
or Tom. No, Tom. Tom does not. Um, Leo does uh, just because he thinks that it would make him. I. It would make him look weak to give him up to Casper. Mm-hmm. Um, and Tom is saying like, no, you're going to invite a world of pain if you don't do it. Right. So the Tom is arguing that Casper, the relationship with Casper is worth more. So it's yeah. not worth. He doing says this. he says something at the end of the first scene like, uh, you know, think about uh, think about how little Bernie means to you, and think about how much Casper does. Mm-hmm. And then, <laughs> and to which Leo replies, I'm not really in the habit of thinking. And uh, <laughs> and, and Tom says, maybe you should think about that. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, excellent wordplay throughout. Yeah, yeah, it's it's definitely got the the the, the Humphrey Bogart um, wise guy thing going on. I was reminded a little of of Hutzucker Proxy. Or I like, still haven't seen that. Oh, really? There's no. there's a lot of that. We're like at this point, it's the only Coen Brothers movie I haven't seen, oh, and right. Intolerable Cruelty. Uh, yeah. I have seen that Crime Wave. I think is the. Oh, I've never. They, I've never heard of Crime Wave. I think like they wrote it and Sam Raimi directed it. It's some weird uh, thing that's like never really properly been released in the U.S. Exchange. He got to shoot some people in this movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and get gunned down. <laughs> uh, so we're now we're we're introduced to sort of uh, gangster stereotype movie tropes. Sort yeah. of the, that's the introduction of this movie. Gabriel Byrne, you know, we see he's he's embroiled in an affair. He, you know, doesn't treat her too well, as we can see. Yeah, he owes a bookie a whole bunch of money. Yeah, that's right. His gambling's out of control, which yeah. sounds like it might be a consequence of his drinking being out of control. Yep. So we're sort of hitting all also, the bases. he's just generally a son of a bitch. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we get that impression right out of the gate. Yeah, <laughs> he's, he's not a likable guy, and it's surprising that anyone puts up with him. <laughs> so that's that's... Um, our art set up to Tom, who is, I guess we should say, sort of the main protagonist who yeah. are following through this. And yeah. uh, Gabriel Byrne, just awesome. Just, I just I should a say. badass the whole time. Just like, <laughs> just doesn't care that no one likes him. Like, he's just given up on that part of his life. And like, th- through to the damn end credits, he's a, he's just a <laughs> dickhead. Yeah. Like, until his last scene and through his last scene, he never, he doesn't even really have much of an arc in this movie. <laughs> like, I wouldn't say he changes too, too much. Just uh, outsmarts a few people, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, I, I kind of want to know, like, I mean, because the, basic the basics is, you know, uh, Leah doesn't give up Bernie. It turns into a mob war. Uh, <laughs> Huge shootout. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> Enormous shootout. That badass Danny Boy sequence with Leo, which happens right at the right time in the movie. Because there's like three or four scenes before it of Leo making boneheaded moves and making the wrong call and Tom trying to, you know, counsel him and everything. Mm-hmm. And you're starting to think, Leo doesn't really know what's going on. <laughs> and as soon as you think that, the Coen brothers put a machine gun in his hand. <laughs> and they're like, fucking watch this. Yeah. And you're like, okay, we're back on his side. Like, just standing in the street while bullets fly by him. And then you see that the thing, just the car just start to swerve and hit the uh, tree. And then burst into flames, because fuck you. Uh, <laughs> um, I, I thought uh, Albert Finney was great, but I, I did read on Wikipedia, it was sort of sad that, um, did you did you see who was originally cast in that role? Wasn't it? Polito wanted it. It was, uh, from from how I understand it, the Leo role was, um, is it Nathan Arizona? Is it the name? From Raising Arizona? Oh, the, really? Like the owner of the mattress store, who was the father. Oh, that would have been cool. I think he was supposed to be that guy, and that said that he died of a brain hemorrhage, like, right before they were supposed to start shooting. Oh, shit. Yeah, so that was that was sad. That, that guy was awesome as well. That sucks. Albert <laughs> Finney was really good, though. Yeah, true. Yeah, not to take away from Albert Finney. I mean, if I'm going to be intimidated by one or the other, I guess Albert Finney would probably be scarier. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, then to, to kind of de-escalate the mob war, basically... 
uh, Tom tells Leo about his affair and was like, see, cause basically the, it comes out that the reason that Leo's protecting Bernie is cause he doesn't want to piss off his girlfriend. Yes. Cause he's going to try and marry her. And like Tom knows that she, that's a terrible idea because <laughs> she's willing to fuck him. Mm-hmm. Um, so right there, <laughs> he's burn bombs are trouble. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'd stay away from the burn bombs. <laughs> Um, and that, that makes their relationship go tits up. And I guess that, that, that leads to my major question is, you know, at the end, uh, to, to go through the broad strokes so I can ask my question. Um, he, you know, kind of plays both sides against the middle, gets in with, uh, Casper and then ends up fucking him over and, uh, basically cutting his whole organization apart from the mm-hmm. inside. Sort of using Bernie as a pawn too. Yeah. Through the whole thing. Um, and my question to you is. At the end, you know, Leo's saying, oh, it's a good play, a smart play all the way. Mm-hmm. How much of that do you think he had figured out? Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> the it, it does, it, it seems hard to imagine him having the plan in mind from the beginning. Yeah, I I really, I, I think the story of Gabriel, of, of, of Tom Regan in this film is the story of a guy finding opportunities, mm-hmm. like, you know, just kind of back and forth and back and forth. Um, because I think, well, if he has an arc, the arc is... You know, it goes back to that first scene at Miller's Crossing where he wasn't willing to shoot Bernie. And, like, that's obviously what you do there. Like, Mm -hmm. sorry, Bernie, but you're, like, the cause of all of this. (laughs) And you should not have done what you did. Sure. And, like, you know, it's like they say in The Wire. Like, it's in the game. Like, you were in the game. Like, I I mean, the movie makes it pretty clear that (laughs) that leaving Bernie alive was a mistake. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe I don't need to equivocate quite so much is what you're saying like no no it's interesting to point out but i mean they they don't hide it like john Turturro's quite a dick later on yeah to and god a, so smug oh, once the, he's still alive yeah the like, the hamminess of it's wonderful yeah he's just like hello tom <laughs> <laughs> just sitting there all calm like and you know even if you wanted to kill me i just have to sport out a few and you let me go again <laughs> oh man after tripping him yeah what a douche <laughs> oh he's hateful i wanted him to die after that first scene of his <laughs> uh, you know he's, he's probably only got like eight minutes of screen time in this whole thing too yeah. but he just oh god he rocks it because he's john fucking Turturro. that that squirt a few thing was genius though just yeah. the way that he's in pursuit and like how could you be less concerned that someone is obviously trying to murder you yeah like just left out his window and is trying to come around from the other side and then you could just knock him over and kind of make fun of him a little bit and then wander off and kick him in the face yeah Oh God, it's terrible. Um, but yeah, I mean, he he wasn't willing to do everything he needed to in that scene in Miller's Crossing, mm-hmm. and then you know once he his is kind of his breaking point is when he calls Bernie because now Bernie is saying like, oh, I'm going to tell everybody I'm still alive and it's going to blow up your spot. Mm-hmm. It's going to be really bad, and he's trying to pin everything on the Dane because he just doesn't like. I, I think it was just he just doesn't like the Dane, and he's like, maybe if I can just kind of throw the suspicion off on this guy, it's as good a reason as any. Yeah, like I can I can get rid of someone who kind of wants to kill me, um, and who I didn't. I mean, he was trying to do that before the Dane tried to kill him, and they weren't really a big. They weren't fans of the gays back then, so you no, know that's that's probably in there. Maybe there's that too. <laughs> um, but yeah, then he uh, he he hears from Bernie. He's like, I think it's after no, it's after uh, the Dane dies, right? Um, he calls Bernie and he's like, "Look, I'm gonna tell Casper everything. Like, I'm done with this. You don't have any so. power over me yeah. uh, because he realizes, like, oh wait, 
Bernie's whole play is an illusion. Like, it's a suicide pact. Mm-hmm. Like, what are you going to be like? Hey, I'm here. Like, they're going to kill you immediately, dude. <laughs> right? like, you have to send a postcard <laughs> that you're alive. Yeah, like, that's <laughs> that's fucking dumb, man. Um, so, yeah, I mean, he finally, like, figures that out. And I think his, his arc is going from being in Miller's Crossing and being like, oh, I don't think I can kill a guy to being like, no, like, I'm I'm in this game. I have to kill a bunch of motherfuckers right. <laughs> is what I got to do. Um, this is a dirty business. <laughs> or I guess sort of speaking of his transformation, I thought the score was really interesting. Yeah. Like it, it just seemed so maybe celebratory to me. Like it, it really felt like sort of, it's very traditional. Yeah. But it, it almost felt much happier than the movie deserved. Mm hmm. Or not deserved isn't the right word, but it, it didn't seem to quit uh, to fit in the traditional this way. This is at times a very happy-go-lucky movie. <laughs> well, took that's... his hair, Tommy. It's strange. <laughs> oh, I mean, it was hysterical, but like, I mean, I don't know. It's about like Tommy's victory and like him, uh, you know, overcoming odds. I mean, it was to a certain degree. Yeah, I, I don't know. The, the score just struck me as as really just about a smart mouth son of a bitch sort of squeaking by <laughs> and somehow not getting killed. Yeah, like it was. It was just watching. It was like watching. Watching a rat run an obstacle course <laughs> like, and just dodge every single blade that swung in front of it. Yeah. And then come out the other side and be like, Tenny. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it was cute. It was cute. I mean, and the, 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 but, but it, was, it did feel like a very traditional score and also really traditional cinematography. Like mm-hmm. there was very little in the camera work going on that was very indulgent. There wasn't a whole lot of lighting that was very like, "Hey, look at me," mm-hmm. you know. Um, the whole thing just felt very classical in that old Hollywood way, without being shot in the old Hollywood way. Like this, this movie still used like coverage mm-hmm. and stuff. Um, but that that seemed to be part of it. What, where it really kind of shone, I thought, was in the editing and how, and 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 to a degree in the cinematography, how. The the movie, especially in the first ha- half, is all about revealing that characters have been in the room this whole time. Mm-hmm. Like three or four times, they they do that. They do it with Bernie. They do it with uh, with Verna, and then they, then again at the end, they do it with the Dane. When yeah. uh, when Tom follows Gasper and Dolphin, he's like, "We got to kill the Dane." Oh, hi. <laughs> this is awkward. <laughs> I mean, there's even a surprise corpse if you want to talk about which you one. Know, there's a surprise corpse in the woods. Oh, yeah, there is a surprise corpse. <laughs> Tanky time. And it actually, the first time I thought about it was that shot of the dog, and then the shot of the kid, mm-hmm. and then the shot of the dead guy. <laughs> back to the kid. Back to the dog. Every shot on sticks, just kind of going between them. And then we, then, then we get the wide. And it's like, yeah, this is, this is the weird little tableau you've come upon. Uh-huh. And then the kid just pulls his wig <laughs> off. For no reason. <laughs> they took his hair, Tommy. Oh, there are two surprise corpses. I was talking about when they were in the woods, and we're not yeah. expecting any corpse to yeah, be there. And then, so, and yeah, then I guess... Is there. Yeah, there are a lot of surprise dead people. Yeah. Anyway. Surprise alive people. <laughs> but it's... Yeah, the, the, it never really calls attention to itself, and that's what I love about the way the Coens use the camera, is mm-hmm. they're never really... Like, the, the camera work itself is so blasé that it makes the humor even funnier, mm-hmm. because it's just such a dry, deadpan form of humor. You well, know? to me, it felt like not necessarily homage because it doesn't—it doesn't quite match exactly like the 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 feel of it. Mm-hmm. But filming it in some new, like progressive, weird way, I feel would have would have pulled attention away from that. Where they're they're more like let let's make a genuine gangster movie, but just like tweak enough variables so that this plays funnier and this plays even more yeah. violent and and this kind of stuff. Yeah. 
and just darkly comic just oh uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> like the sam raimi thing where he like the guy twitches and he laughs and he just gets <laughs> shot to shit uh and sam raimi's in it yeah uh, i can't get over sam raimi being in this movie they made me really really happy to see him show up i was like is that, is that sam that's sam. at first i was like is that ted no sam raimi <laughs> uh, i think they were all like pretty tight back uh back then i think they were sort of helping each other on all their oh really their projects yeah oh that's cool like, i think they they were involved somehow in like evil dead and stuff back in the day oh, i think really? they kind of hung out at the time oh man i love to think of the coen brothers being on set for evil dead <laughs> that that's an idea that makes me really happy and fills yeah. my heart with joy oh, that's cool that's cool anyway i didn't mean to derail the the synopsis or anything and like skip us around too much or anything. no like, quite all right i mean i don't remember exactly where we were in yeah. it, but it all kind of blends together a little bit yeah i mean basically this mob war starts um and we get a whole bunch of really cool tommy gun shootouts <laughs> um, that are just just awesome so i guess the the last straight <laughs> leo so, shoots a guy in the top of the head <laughs> <laughs> so I, I guess the last straight plot point we hit was maybe uh tom admits to the affair to yeah. sort of to convince leo he shouldn't uh trust Verna. and is then shunned Yes, yeah. and sort of they're they're both cast out, aren't they? Like Leo kind of breaks up with um with Verna, with Verna yeah. and yeah. and doesn't want to deal with Tom. Yeah, um, so that sort of the traditional long term structure that has been set up is now broken, and yeah. he's more of a, a free agent at the moment. Yeah, um, and let's see, who does he go to talk to first after that? Is he? I think he goes to Casper yeah, because Casper had offered him that check to to square all his debts mm-hmm. and with Lazar. And then, uh, and then instead of taking the check, he, he, he got roughed up by, uh, what's his name? The big muscly dude from on deadly ground. And, uh, <laughs> it's just the movie I think of it. <laughs> um, and he hits him in the face with the chair. And he, what the hell, Tommy? <laughs> and he just looked so hurt. Yeah. That and was like, a great chair uh, scene. <laughs> like, and you just felt so bad. Like all of a sudden it was just like, oh, wait. Oh, oh. Like he's a person. He's got to go home later. Tony Soprano's bartender. Yeah. Uh. Uh, I loved that so much. And then, of course, he just comes right back in with another guy and they beat the shit out of yeah. him. But then the cops come in and we get the first of two uh, uh, Tommy talks to the cops during a bust on yeah. the scenes. <laughs> Well, like it, it's the the touches. Like when the police are there, they're being fist fights every square inch of the frame behind them. Yeah, that's the sort of thing where, like, when you watch Boardwalk Empire, they do stuff like that yeah. to sort of indicate the time that I'm sure is accurate. But when I first saw this movie, I probably wasn't prepared for the idea of like, oh, this is a joke because it was like this, but amped up to yeah. like movie standards yeah no this is this is obviously stylized and being hilarious <laughs> like he's just walking through this like weird ballet because none of these look like real fights right <laughs> like this isn't how people fight like everybody's just rearing back and like swinging wide and like there's a whole lot of like gut punches they're all about like old-timey gut punches in this mm-hmm. you know i love the fighting i love the fighting in it and there's definitely like a certain you know he comes out of there and there's the police chief and he's drinking and uh then after Casper sort of, you know, uh, lays Leo low um, and gets in with the mayor and the chief of police, there's the second of those scenes where the mayor or the chief of police bust up the Shenandoah Club, which is Leo's club. Mm-hmm. And he walks out and there's the chief of police. And there's definitely like a meet the new boss, same as the old boss kind of thing <laughs> going on. Like, no, this, this it doesn't. None of this fucking matters. Mm-hmm. Like... It's like, it's all stupid. None of it matters. None of it needed to happen. Well, it, it 
plays up a lot of the things that I so- thought Sopranos did so well. Yeah. Of, like, having this big, dramatic, ridiculous scene, but then realizing that it's the equivalent of, like, the annual review at a department store. Like, it's it's their business. Like, yeah. oh, a bust happens every so often, and you have to go through the motions, and you know how the system works. And yeah. So, yeah, that, like that, that kind of scene, stuff is funny. Like that scene at the end when Lazar's bookie... We never meet Lazar. Who we meet is his <laughs> uh, his flunkies who beat up Tommy outside of his uh, outside of his apartment. And, of course, they gut punch him a bunch. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> and then the the, uh, the, the, uh, the main thug says something like, you know, Lazar wants you to know that none of this is personal. He likes you. Um, <laughs> it's just this can't go on. Um, you know, he said we didn't have to break anything. Though. <laughs> and then Tommy says, like, tell him I appreciate that. Um, you know, tell him there's no hard feelings. And then the guy stubs out a cigarette and goes, Tommy, he knows. <laughs> uh, and the, there you go. Like, it's just, this is just, this is just the life these guys have. Which is the number of times the word Tommy is said in this movie. Like, yeah. maybe Buscemi was the first one I noticed, like, oh, this is like a real runner. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus, Tommy, Jesus. <laughs> Uh, I love so it good. so much. <laughs> but uh, if if you like that stuff, you would like Cudsucker. There's a lot oh, really? of like fast talking ridiculousness. I do enjoy fast talking ridiculousness. <laughs> it's probably my favorite kind of ridiculousness. <laughs> um, this movie's fucking ridiculous. <laughs> All right, so um, basically, Casper is willing to take Tommy in. Yeah, but sort of as a, a proof of loyalty, this is where he has to uh, to kill Bernie. He has to give him Bernie, and then they take him out to Miller's oh, Crossing, yes, and then the two thugs that go with him are like, "Yeah, it's uh, something in Tic Tac." I think Frankie and Tic Tac are the two thugs' names. That sounds um, right. On Deadly Ground and Tic Tac, they uh, <laughs> they're like, "Yeah, you got to go do it." And then we get that the probably the most famous scene in the film mm-hmm. where he's walking out and we're shooting uh, Gabriel Byrne from a low angle, and he just looks like the Angel of Death. <laughs> and poor Bernie is just blubbering and looking so <laughs> pathetic. Scene, yeah, he's just so pathetic looking. <laughs> Look at your heart, Tommy. Look at your heart. <laughs> I mean, Jesus, Tommy, I can't. Uh, <laughs> And he falls down and like my favorite exchange in the whole thing is he's blubbering, trying to say thank you. And, uh, in response, Gabriel Martin goes, shut up. I'm really grateful, Tommy. Shut up. I understand. <laughs> shut up. Um, like uh, there's like four shut ups. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, You're dead now. I understand. Thank you, Tommy. You're doing shut up. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, and then we get this weird, like, fast tracking shot through the woods of of John Turturro just running into the woods like a wounded deer. <laughs> like, you know the shot I'm talking about? Like, he uh-huh. gets up and runs away. And, like, we, we uh, track left to right really quickly. <laughs> maybe it's Sam like Raimi most, shot that. It's the most overt, <laughs> maybe. It's, it's like one of, like, two or three really overt camera moves in the whole movie. Mm-hmm. Between that and, like, at the very end, there's a couple of really fast zooms whenever... Uh, Whenever um, the Dane gets killed, mm-hmm. um, and and uh, and what's his name Johnson is screaming, uh, <laughs> which is weird. Yeah, but anyway, he uh, <laughs> yeah he's just he just runs, and the way he runs, he doesn't run like a guy. He runs all like like trying to do his suspenders at the same time, and I've just never seen a person look so spazzy in my whole <laughs> fucking life. Uh, well, he is the Jesus. He is the Jesus, and nobody fucks with the Jesus. <laughs> By the way, what do you think of him trying to make a Jesus movie? I mean, a, if, a the Jesus movie, not not John Turturro's right, Christ, right. <laughs> which I would totally watch. Uh-huh. I as well. Um, Blessed are those who are uh, <laughs> poor in spirit. I mean, if you know, if the Coens sort of give their blessing, it's 
fine. I hear Fargo worked out well. I haven't watched it yet. Yeah, I heard it's good too. And you know, he generally like the movies John Turturro directs, even if they aren't good, they're like bad on his terms, mm-hmm. which I like. Interesting. Like, yeah, they're at least interesting. Like that uh, weird ass musical he made. Um, the name of which I forget. That Christopher Walken and I've James heard of it. I've never seen it. it. Um, I saw it years and years ago, and it uh, yeah, it's it's not that great, but it's trying something. Mm-hmm. It's doing something weird, you know. And I appreciate that. Yeah, um, I mean, I'd, I'd rather watch someone fail at something interesting than just why, be boring. That's why I love Southland Tales so much. <laughs> I love Southland Tales. It's still on the list, <laughs> dude. It's the most spectacular failure of a film. Everybody <laughs> in the internet, go watch Southland Tales. You're gonna hate it. But you will not be bored. I promise. You might like it. I don't know. You're going to be perplexed. But I promise it will not bore you. I assume for the full experience, make sure to not read the comic or any backstory. None before. of it. No. Okay. God, no. Why Good. would you? That's a stupid thing <laughs> that he thought you would do. Richard <laughs> Kelly was wrong. <laughs> yeah. Seriously. It's, it's fucking nuts. Um, and it, it also, people argue against it, but it also is like a window into an alternate universe where Dwayne Johnson just became a very accomplished character actor mm-hmm. and just became like the new M. Emmett Walsh. <laughs> like not playing the M. Emmett Walsh type, but just like he could have just been like a that guy in movies. Well, wasn't just uh, Justin Timberlake sort of like he wasn't. He wasn't David Fincher's guy or anything at the time. No, like, he wasn't. This was like his first or second role. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, he's got like a weird song and dance number to the killers, all these things that I've done. That's <laughs> like drug induced. Aren't those like the chapter breaks? He sings them or something? No, I, he's, I he's the voiceover. He's the narrator. Of the oh, whole the film. narrator. I see. Yeah. He doesn't really have much to do besides that and like sit up in a machine gun nest on uh, on, on the Venice boardwalk. Um, <laughs> like a Game of Thrones type? Kind of. But with machine guns? Yeah. Huh. Yeah. It's it's on the Venice Boardwalk. Maybe I'll watch this when I get home. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's fucking nuts, man. You have to watch it. It's so insane. Um, like, someone read the script and greenlit it, and then he, then he went to Cannes and screened, like, a three-and-a-half-hour version. And, like, it was the most, like, it was the most reviled Cannes screening ever. Anyway, we're not here to talk about Southland Tales. You're going to go watch it, and then I'll watch it again, and you'll watch it again, and we'll do it on this podcast, because, good God, I love it. I was thinking um, I might watch Miller's Crossing again today. Yeah, no, go watch Southland Tales. Oh, fine. Yeah, yeah no, you, watch, you already watched a good film. Now it's time to watch the most spectacularly bad film ever made. Um, anyway, mm-hmm. back to the good movie. All right, so... um does does much else happen plot wise between when he lets Bernie survive and when Bernie comes back and tries to blackmail him and stuff? I mean, shit just is kind of escalating in the gang war, and he like you see him kind of warming his way more and more into Casper's good graces, mm-hmm. which I think like again I I don't think that Tommy's the kind of guy who had like this big scheme. I think he was just kind of like okay, like I it I think he was just hedging his bets. Like it's probably going to come in handy later if this guy really likes me. And also, I don't like the way the Dane's looking at me, so I'm going to go ahead and just uh, make sure that, you know, I'm putting him down and I'm putting myself up, and that'll probably pay off later. And it does! Because <laughs> yeah, only one of those two guys is dead. <laughs> with Casper, it didn't seem like the best, uh, the most tenuous, tenable situation. No, like, he was definitely a short-term guy. <laughs> like, even though, you know, I mean, I mean, what did you think of Leo as a leader? Because, like, just watching him make decisions, I mean, I guess we were supposed to get the impression that, like, his head was spun about by by verna mm-hmm. but like in general i just didn't feel like he was very good at running his organization yeah i mean as you were saying with like put a machine gun in his hand i i did get the impression it was he was in terms of mob leads he's probably yeah. like the guy who does the incredibly badass crazy thing a few times in his life and works on that reputation 
Yeah. As opposed to being a make sure the train runs on time kind of leader. <laughs> yeah. Which is weird because he's, he's definitely like the guy mm-hmm. in this city, which I think is supposed to be New York. Because mm-hmm. um, they like tell people to go to the Palisades and stuff like that. Um, well, I mean, maybe it was supposed to be sort of like Prohibition era, like almost like, you know, shanking a guy your first day in prison. Like, <laughs> just make a big show, take over the liquor industry, and then you're set for yeah. however long it You'll lasts. You'll be okay for a bit. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that seems to be that seems to be the MO for sure. Oh, by the way, I was reading online, there's, you know, because the, the story is they were writing this screenplay and they got writer's block, so then they took three weeks off and wrote Barton Fink in three weeks. <laughs> yeah. Fuckers. Pretty awesome. Fuckers. Um, but apparently there is a newspaper article in this movie, um, just one of the other newspaper articles, that says, like, seven die in hotel fire. Oh, really? Yeah. That's great. Yeah. So, yeah, they, Which made me think that maybe this movie takes place in L.A., but I don't think it does. Uh, I was reading it, it, you know, it's unnamed, but it was filmed in New Orleans. Really? Yeah. It does, it, you know, I, I thought a couple times it looked kind of New Orleans-y, just like the facades of the buildings. Like, New Orleans is really into green shutters on windows. Mm-hmm. Yeah, kind of all about that. Um, and yeah, I mean, if you want to shoot something that looks like the thirties, <laughs> it kind of does down there <laughs> a little bit. Yeah. I mean, they, they sounded very enamored of the spot. It sounds like they shot there yeah. intentionally. Wow. Cool. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so, oh, sort Tom, of, as you were saying about him just yeah. hedging his bets and was this all planned versus not, um, like, do you watch house of cards? <laughs> yeah. Like sort of, I know that's a common complaint. I and think I finally decided I'm done. By the way, oh really? Like at the end of the second season? Oh, at the end of like, two. Yeah, I'm just. Have you? You? Are you caught up? Yeah. Okay. Um, spoiler alert for House I of Cards. I barely remember it case. for what it's worth. Like, but, <laughs> but. Uh, spoilers, spoilers for House of Cards. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, when he. Um, sits down in the oval office and is like okay i'm the president now i'm like okay this can be where this ends for me <laughs> like i don't i don't need to know anymore i think the original one was three seasons so right. it, it might be mirroring that i don't know yeah anyway i didn't mean to derail that but yes i have i'm familiar with house of cards but i just i, I know that's sort of a common complaint or discussion about it and i sort of take it the same way where like sure it it probably doesn't really make sense that someone could pull this off but we're supposed to assume that they're just so good at at handling what they're dealt. Like they probably have an end game, but the end game is shifting with all the other variables. Yeah. And yeah. So they're just kind of good at, at looking out for themselves and dealing with what they have was yeah. the impression. That's how I took it. That makes sense. Yeah. yeah. I mean, except in this, I get the feeling that he's that, that Tommy is just hedging his bets mm-hmm. in house of cards. You know, Frank Underwood keeps looking at the camera and telling me he has a plan. <laughs> like, and by, by the middle of season two, I was like, bro, I do not believe you. I do not think this was all part of your plan. I mean, I, I, I probably couldn't tell you what season two is about. I watched it, like, in one go, pretty much. Gotcha. <laughs> yeah. That's the way to do it. I mean, that first episode I remember well. Wait. <laughs> 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 mm-hmm. Yeah. I remember that. That was that was entertaining. But, uh, but anyway, back to, so, yeah. <laughs> back to what we're supposed to be discussing. Back to the good movie. <laughs> um, yeah. So he's, he's just kind of hedging his bets. And then Bernie just shows up in his apartment. All smug as fuck. Yeah. Like, this guy let you live. Why are you acting like this, you <laughs> shit heel? Like, this is not the move, bro. <laughs> you you should have done what he said. Yeah. Like, how does Bernie not see how this is going to play? You know, it's like <laughs> I kept hearing that uh, the speech Iron Man gives Loki in the Avengers. Like, there isn't a version of this where you come out on top. <laughs> um, you remember that moment? Uh-huh, uh-huh. Yeah. Like, that's that's there's not. Sorry, dude. Like, maybe you'll take him down. But there is not a version of this scenario where Bernie comes out on top. Mm-hmm. No, it seems more like he he likes having his hand in the hornet's nest to see what happens. <laughs> yeah, like he's definitely like. What's your read on that guy? Like he's a strange one, isn't he? I do. I kind of like the idea that someone could have that 
insane performance out in the woods and then be like, get me a bath. Like I'm back to normal. Yeah. <laughs> so do you think that was all a performance out there? Um, I mean, I would assume that it's sort of a mix of both. Like yeah. the, that you're willing to say anything and the adrenaline is coursing through your veins. It's easy to get method with a gun in your face. Uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and sort of the, I, I could see meaning it in the moment just because there's nothing else in your mind. And sort yeah. of like once you're, back of your apartment hanging out and you're mulling over all the different options. I mean, I wouldn't have come to the conclusions he did, but, <laughs> but I sort of understand the idea of when you're making these. If ins- you did, I want you to know, I, <laughs> I, I really like you, but if you did come to those conclusions, I wouldn't help you. <laughs> Good to know. Sorry. Like, <laughs> I'll make a note. Yeah. You make that bet. You're going to lie. In it. <laughs> um, but yeah, I sort of, I, I agree with the idea that you would probably say anything, not, Thinking about your circumstances, like you don't, you probably aren't even aware of the rest of your life if a gun is in your face. Yeah, yeah. So no, that's true. And then later he was like, "Oh wait, I can just do that again," uh-huh. which was why I love at the end when he plays the same card, mm-hmm. the look into your heart card. Like it's so obviously fake. And yeah, he's just yeah. like, "Okay, this is what I'm gonna do." <laughs> you know, it's it's really really cool stuff. I mean, I think in that world, like the idea of organized crimes, you probably have a lot of sociopaths and stuff where that is the lesson they would take. Like yeah. they're the equivalent of a five year old child of like, oh if I throw a tantrum hard enough, I'll get what I want. And yeah. it worked. Yeah, it did. It did. So yeah. I it wouldn't surprise me if that kind of stuff is common, like just in terms of thugs and Yeah. I mean they're 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 not you know, the the classic selfish rational actor. Right. Um and, and the ones that are end up like Leo and the ones that aren't end up like Bernie. Mm-hmm. Um but yeah, so he shows up and he's basically like, Okay, here's the deal. Um if you what does he want from him? Oh, yeah, he just wants money. He's just yeah. like, yeah, you're going to give me... In the well, next- he, it also kind of seems like he just wants him in his pocket because he's kind of yeah. important. He Doesn't he say, like, you have a couple of days to get me a grand, and if you don't, I'm going to start eating at restaurants? Yeah, yeah, that's... Yeah. He, he definitely made that threat, yeah. Yeah, and then, you know, he Gabriel Byrne tries to get the drop on him by jumping out his front window and then <laughs> running up the front, but apparently, uh, apparently Bernie saw that one coming, trips him in the hallway, and then just kicks his ass in the face. <laughs> Ooh. Which was a great scene either way. Like, if he if he had shot him successfully, that would have been badass, too. <laughs> yeah, like, that's 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 one thing that uh, that a friend of ours said to me about screenwriting once that I really loved was, like, if you want to make people really love your characters, give them a good plan and have it fail. Hmm. Like, Tommy's plan was a good plan. Like, yeah. as soon as you saw it, you're like, that's fucking clever. And it's like, <laughs> oh, no, sorry, bro. Um, mm-hmm. Because you've made your threat feel like even more of a threat, which is great. You've made your good guy look, you know, courageous and smart. And that's great. Um, and you've kept the plot going and made it even, you know, raised your stakes. And yeah. that's great. Like, it does so much for you. Yeah, I could um, definitely see that as getting you a little bit more on their side in terms of, like, if it feels like they failed and it wasn't their fault. Yeah. It is a little bit like, oh, the world is against my hero. Yeah. And the world does feel a little bit against my hero. Even though like <laughs> even though like Tommy's not much of a hero. Like he, <laughs> right, he, right. he doesn't my save protagonist. Any, he doesn't save any cats in this movie. <laughs> <laughs> He's just sort of the guy you follow through it mm-hmm. and just insists on being a bastard. <laughs> just like a smart ass the whole time. But yeah, anyway, so so that happens and he's like, Okay, well that's a fun thing in my life that I get to deal with now. <laughs> Um, yeah, so let's see. What, what is Leo up to during this? Like, sort of... He's got... The, he's consolidating his power. He's gotten the mayor in his pocket and, like, pretty quickly... Oh, so uh, is it Casper has the police in his pocket, so they're taking advantage of that? 
Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yes. Um, oh, yeah. You're talking about uh, Casper, not Leo. Sorry. No, I no, mean, Leo's I was just, asking about Leo. Sort Leo's of the, just absent the for the second half of the movie. Like, that's mm-hmm. when we get, like, Casper's just taking out all his clubs, and he's got his thug, Sam Raimi, just shooting the place up. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, that's when he gets to sit down with the mayor, and you see that he's a much more hot-headed guy, and he's not willing to do things the way they've always done things. And he, you know, there's definitely the thing, the thing you feel from Casper is this, like, entitlement. Of just like, no, damn it, I want it now. He's got a little bit of Veruca salt in him uh-huh. from Willy Wonka, um, which I thought was kind of cool. Like, he's a, he's a teeny bit Pete Campbell. Um, <laughs> you know, um, like that line Pete Campbell has in like the third season. It was just like, why don't I ever get anything all at once? <laughs> because shut up. Yeah. That's why. Slightly entitled. <clears throat> yeah. So that's happening with him. And then meantime, like, you see this plan start to form with Tommy of like, okay, maybe I can pin all this suspicion and shit on the Dane because it's going to start coming out that people are seeing Bernie around. And if I say the Dane is planting that, then I'll get, you know, it'll at the very least serve as a distraction for Casper. So he's not thinking about, and so that later when the Dane comes to him and says that he's seeing Bernie, it's going to cast aspersion on him. He's like preemptively kind of salting the ground, I think, Mm -hmm. um, which is, which is smart. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Um, can't imagine why they got writer's block with this. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Shit is complicated, man. Um, And that that, that goes pretty well because the Dane figures it out and then he takes him back out to Miller's Crossing and is like, okay, like where the fuck is the body? Mm -hmm. And, you know, no, it's a great scene because... Pressure's on. (laughs) Yeah, it's a great scene because we know there's no body. Tommy knows there's no body. And the Dane quickly starts thinking there's no body and just as he's about to shoot him, they find a body and turns out it's the Dane's boyfriend. Um, which he doesn't know because Bernie had the good sense to shoot him right in the fucking face <laughs> and uh, just cave that shit right in. Which was another thing where it struck me that I-, I didn't quite realize that this is kind of a farce. Yeah. Like when I first watched it where it's like this really seems like a sitcom amped way up like, well, there's this crazy mix up, but be sure to shoot him in the face so they can't tell. <laughs> like. <laughs> I, I don't know it's just like you know you got people behind the scenes trying to make sure things work out yeah know? it's almost like like a more one of one of shakespeare's more light-hearted works uh-huh. with like your mistaken identities and shit <laughs> like oscar wilde would have enjoyed this film he'd uh, have had a good time with it um and so he's off the hook and you know the dane stands over his dead boyfriend and doesn't know that it's him so, mm-hmm. so that's good for him i guess yeah um until later when he finds out <laughs> that it was him um and then it also makes the Dane look even more suspicious because, uh, you know, uh, Casper finds out about the car ride and Tommy once again turns the whole thing to his advantage because mm-hmm. he's smart. Yeah. Um, and his boyfriend is missing now. Yeah. Making it even more suspicious. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's, it's very, very good stuff. <laughs> um, but yeah, then he, uh, he kind of just sort of draws the thing to its somewhat inevitable conclusion at that point. Um, almost gets shot by Marsha Gay Harden, mm-hmm. um, convinces her not to just by, uh, by deploying his, once again, his, his, no, no, he says it to Casper, the, nobody knows anybody. Mm-hmm. Not, not really. <laughs> not that, not that well. Uh, it's cool. Anyway. Um, so let's see. So Bernie, Bernie was the one that killed Mink, correct? Yeah. Okay. Bernie killed Mink and dumped him in the woods. Mm-hmm. So that, so he's off the hook for that and, uh. I guess where does that sort of leave us? So the when the the thing I'm thinking of that happens next, let me know if, if I'm missing stuff between is there's sort of um 
there's Casper, Tommy, and the Dane, and sort of they're both having to appeal to uh, to Casper of like you know it's it's him like it's not me it's it's him who yeah betrayed there's you. there's like some connective tissue scenes there mm-hmm. um like trying to resolve the romance and stuff but like the next like big beat is that where uh tommy goes to casper's house and uh he invites him in and like tommy's following him into that room it's the scene i was talking about earlier mm-hmm. and he follows him into that room saying like we got to get the dane we got to kill him and then he turns and there's the dane right right, right. um and then the Dane says, you know, you killed Mink. I want you to hear you say it. And then he starts choking. So he can't say anything. So I don't know what that was supposed to accomplish. <laughs> and then uh, throughout the whole movie, Casper said, like, the only thing I hate more than anything else is that's that's not what he said. But you get the point. He says, <laughs> I hate a dirty double crosser. Uh-huh. Um, and then he uh, he smacks uh, the Dane in the face with a shovel. <laughs> and He's then, kind of the ultimate hi hat. Yeah. <laughs> well, it could have been higher. He could have hit him on the top of the head. Um, which causes the fighter. Oh yeah, we didn't talk about the fighter because the way that uh the way that that um Tommy starts tracking down Bernie is he figures like, okay, like if Bernie's still around, he's going to keep betting on these fixed fights. Mm, so he tracks right. down I think another guy who would bet on the fixed fights and then like finds him and talks to him and like figures out that Bernie was talking to him. Um, or maybe talks to the fighter because Bernie went to the fighter to fix it. Um, I think might've been what was happening. Anyway, mm-hmm. he figures that out. And then, uh, the Dane had him followed and that's how the Dane got a hold of the fighter and found out that Bernie was still alive. And then, you know, the, the, that, then he went to, uh, Casper and was like, Hey, you know what's going on? But apparently Tommy has just a silver tongue because, uh, <laughs> Casper believed Tommy yeah. and did not believe the Dane who was telling the truth <laughs> when it mattered. Yeah. It really mattered. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so then, then Casper beats the Dane the old fashioned way <laughs> to death. Yes. <laughs> um, um, well, I guess not quite, which leads to that boxer just screaming. <laughs> Just screaming his ass off in monotone, which I loved. And then he finally gets him to stop. And then he starts screaming again. You look, and it's the day and he's moving. And he goes, that's why I tell all my boys, you always put one in the brain. <laughs> Boom. <laughs> which is also a great discussion in the first Miller's Crossing scene of like, remember, you got to put one in the brain. <laughs> like they're zombies. Yeah, yeah. Like, the first one drops them. <laughs> Two taps. Exactly. <laughs> it's. I mean, it's just good policy. <laughs> so, so the Coens wrote two movies basically at the same time. Yeah. One with Crazy Screaming Guy and the other with uh, John Goodman. <laughs> Was it... I will show you the... I'll show you the life of the mind! Yeah, the life of the mind. <laughs> yeah. Oh, good times. Yeah. I got to watch Barton Fink again. That make an interesting you... double feature with Turturro and both. Yeah. Did you catch that uh, That uh, Tommy lives in the Barton Arms? No, I didn't notice yeah. that. Yeah, oh, he that's does. awesome. He lives in the Barton Arms. <laughs> um, yeah, I want to watch Barton Fink again. Yeah. I didn't really get that movie the first time, <laughs> but I just, I, I was so arrested by John Goodman the whole time that I was mm-hmm. just down for whatever. <laughs> <laughs> just like, did he, did, we're supposed to believe at the end of that movie that he just set that hotel hall on fire with his brain, right? I don't know that there's a single supposed to be yeah. <laughs> what that is. Is but... he a scanner? Is that what's going I, he on? He might be the devil. I'm not totally sure. He might be the devil. That's true. It might all just be in John Turturro's head. <laughs> he might have just had too much of fake William Faulkner's whiskey. <laughs> yeah, that may have been whiskey plus at the time. Yeah, I don't know. Anyway, um, back to this movie, which is also good. So, um, uh, 
Tommy was chosen by Casper, which is good news for him. Yes, great news. He survives. Yeah. And then he comes up with his final plan, which is awesome. He's like, okay, like this guy's going to figure. I mean, I don't even know, like, why he decides to kill Casper at this point because it could have just been Casper's lieutenant from then on if he really wanted to. But I think, like, maybe we're supposed to. (laughs) Maybe he had, like, 401k with Leo, (laughs) benefits built up, he didn't want to lose. I mean, maybe he just. Maybe he just has some kind of principles and is like, you know what? No, like I, I'm going to, I'm going to go make things right with the guy that, that I, I he didn't even really fuck him over. Like he was nothing but straight up with Leo (laughs) the whole time, except for that part where he fucked his girlfriend right over and over. (laughs) That's kind of not cool. Um, so I guess he was trying to make that right. I don't know. Like, why do you think he double crossed Casper? Cause he didn't need to at the end. Did he? I mean, do we do we have a great idea of sort of in the overall scheme who's the more powerful boss and oh yeah, sort of who has more connections is. and stuff? Leo definitely is because at the end, because Casper's coming to Leo for permission to kill Bernie, mm-hmm. and then at the end of that scene when Leo's when when uh, when Casper's walking out, Leo says, "You're as big as I let you get, and no bigger." That's right. That's yeah. right. So, so I mean, Leo's it, definitely definitely King Dick. So it, it may just have to do with connections and longevity of yeah if, if i'm gonna put all my eggs in one basket because i don't want to do this again yeah <laughs> might as well just make it that guy yeah because i don't want to do this again <laughs> this is a hassle <laughs> <laughs> yeah i mean but the impression i got just to play devil's advocate is like that leo was like super fucking on the ropes by the end like they could have just taken him out and like his whole organization would just be done mm-hmm. um and then Casper would have been like running shit, and with with Tommy at his side. Well, that was that was sort of what I meant. Not necessarily just who was like higher in position, but like now with Casper rising up, just sort of I don't know if they have like the mayor in somebody's pocket because yeah. he had the cops and he had. Well, this he and... also saw Ca- how Casper acted in the mayor's office mm-hmm. with his whole like I don't care how things have been done. So maybe he was just like you know what I don't like, like my boss right yeah, now. <laughs> I, uh, I I don't see this lasting. Um, we need to get the old way you know back in place because it was a little bit better. Better get on LinkedIn. See yeah, if there's anyone else available. <laughs> Yeah, and so, so his basic scheme is he tells John Turturro that he is uh, not gonna pay him, and he'd better be at uh, Bernie better be at his house at four a.m. with uh, like a thousand dollars, or else he's gonna go, or else he's gonna leave town, and he's gonna make a phone call to Casper and tell him he's still alive. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he tells Casper that he has made a deal with Wink to uh that that wink uh or or mink sorry mink that mink is gonna meet him at his place and like you know explain everything and like of course casper wants to kill mink so he's like i'm gonna go and then he just kind of lets those two people walk into a room together (laughs) with the plan being like i'm just gonna go up there and shoot whoever's still alive (laughs) um so then he goes up there and casper's dead and there's there's uh bernie saying like uh and he basically says yeah you know i figured you'd probably be here first trying to kill me which means you get the drop on him. And then uh, Bernie's like, and it did. <laughs> <laughs> but how'd you know he was? I was going to kill you? Yeah, I had a feeling. <laughs> <laughs> and then, like, you can see, you have that great scene where, like, Tommy convinces Bernie to hand over his gun, 
what a fucking idiot. <laughs> um, and then like he's going through, uh, he's going through Casper's pockets and he finds all that cash. And he's like, man, what do you want to do? Like split that 50 50 and maybe, maybe I should get a little bit more since I was the one who did the deed. <laughs> no, no, you'll keep it. I want you to have it. <laughs> he is great. <laughs> it's so good. Well, um, you were saying about how stupid, uh, Bernie's plan was <clears throat> like sort of threatening to reveal that he's still alive. Yeah. It, it sort of emphasizes that when, um, Tommy can make the same threat in reverse and it works. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, come on, you, 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 you fucking idiot. Um, so yeah, he, uh, then he, he pulls out, uh, Casper's gun and basically says like, I'm going to, I'm going to shoot you. And, and, and I love his reaction. Bernie's reaction is like, well, you, you got no, you got no angle. What's the angle here? <laughs> this don't make sense. Who is this versus? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but he does have that moment where he explains like that, like, Mink came to him saying that like the fights were fixed and that was like how they were doing everything. And like, he just rattles off like a ton of shit in like eight <laughs> seconds that I just totally did not get. Mm-hmm. You remember that, that, that part? I mean, I remember the part. I don't, I yeah. couldn't give you a summary. Yeah. I mean, but yeah, yeah. Everybody just turn on subtitles for that whole last scene. <laughs> um, because we missed it. Um, <laughs> well, I mean, we, we discussed before we started recording, I think that, uh, that neither of us really took copious notes during this one. Yeah. I mean, part of it's because the Coens are awesome and, like, you don't want to be distracted. Yeah. But, yeah, a lot of it is just, it's so rapid fire. Like, I don't want to have to pause it every two seconds <laughs> to get some of this down. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And, it, uh, you know, it's, 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 it's fantastic. The whole thing's fantastic. Yeah. But, yeah, then he, uh, Bernie half-heartedly pulls the look into your heart, to which Tommy <laughs> replies, what heart? <laughs> and then he shoots him in the face. Yeah. Uh-huh. Because that's where he puts one in the brain. Um, <laughs> and then he goes to uh, to the funeral, finds out that Verna and Leo are getting married. And then he and Leo are walking through the woods. And Leo, like, totally gives him an in. And he's just like, yeah, that was a good plan you had. You know, I know I'm boneheaded sometimes, but you can come back. He's and, like, like, why didn't you tell me? Jesus, Tommy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then he explains, like, why. Like, I think Tommy's still acting like this was his plan the whole time. He's mm-hmm. like, oh, yeah. He says, like, if you knowing, you know, if something had happened, could have queered up the whole thing. <laughs> <laughs> they kept saying that. It made me cringe. And then I thought about it. I was like, oh, wait. Like, it's it's cool. It's cool. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah. Then he, uh, yeah, or maybe it's not. I don't know. But... <laughs> But then, uh, then like Leo totally gives him gives him an in, and, and he says like, the the last thing he says is like, and you, you and Verna, you were young. I forgive you for that. He says, I don't want your forgiveness, and I didn't ask for it. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> like, can you just part as friends, you fucking asshole? Like, ugh. And then he just says goodbye and just watches Leo walk away. I actually thought he might shoot Leo in mm-hmm. that moment because I didn't remember the very end. And I was right, like, right. did he shoot Leo? And like, maybe this was his play. It was just become like the king of the king of New York. <laughs> Tear the city down. Yeah. <laughs> I don't care what's left. Some men want, just want to watch the world burn. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Anyway, so that's the whole thing, I guess. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, overall, I was I was just so impressed. I mean, first off, it was really darkly comic. And so selective in its use of old old Hollywood stylization, like see above re haymakers, mm-hmm. um, <laughs> and like chattery fast talk and everything. That it just it it did just tell a story. Like that's my favorite thing about the Coens is that they, if you look closely, there's all these elements of stylization to them, but none of it ever gets in the way of just a story. Mm-hmm. Like it's also story first. Um, and it's never like, if you watch it, you're like, oh wait, there was all this like fun little stuff going on, but it never feels indulgent. 
And I mean, this was more about story than most in the sense yeah. that like the opening scene is what the rest of the movie's about. You watch that moment play out and yeah. like the end credits is or, like right before the credits is like, well, I guess there's no more <laughs> to do with this thing. Yeah, <laughs> I guess we're done here. <laughs> it was all stupid and didn't need to happen. <laughs> no one knows Casper ever existed <laughs> <Yeah>. or his <laughs> friends. <laughs> yeah, that's true. They're just gone. <laughs> anyway, um, so yeah, that's Miller's Crossing. It's real, real good. <laughs> if you haven't seen it lately, you should watch it again. Um, so, yeah. Do you have anything else on Miller's Crossing you wanted to talk about? Um, nothing leaps to mind. I think okay. we pretty much covered everything. Yeah. It's it's great. That's that's it. That's it. <laughs> it's great. Um, so, yeah. For next time, um, you know, I, I you know this, uh, JP. And if you guys listen to our sister podcast, People We Know, you know this about me as well. <laughs> I kind of carry something around. I hate the shit out of Man of Steel, you guys. <laughs> I hate it a lot. Uh, people we know episode five is actually me and the host of that podcast, Andy Sell, talking for about two hours about how bad Man of Steel is. It's like not our Superman or something it, is the name of it. It's not the Superman we know um, <laughs> is the name of it. Um, and it's not that film. It's not the Superman we know. And uh, yeah, so uh, I'm, I'm, I've, I've been thinking more about that movie lately and just kind of trying to square myself with it. And don't worry, we are not going to refried review Man of Steel. We are going to watch Superman Returns because <laughs> um, I really I'm I'm curious to go back and watch that and see if maybe it uh, like if maybe I've like been Stockholm syndrome into thinking it's better because I actually <laughs> did have a good time watching Superman Returns in the movie theater. Mm-hmm. I felt like it was kind of like a, a, a just, you know, a remake of the first one. But I was like, you know, for what it was. It was fine. Would have liked it if Superman actually punched a strong guy. I do remember there being very little of him punching anyone. <laughs> yeah. Also, maybe you don't make Superman a deadbeat dead. Uh, maybe that's not the best move for that character. But anyway, mm-hmm. I thought it'd be interesting to go back and watch that. Um, also, because on set about a week ago, Brandon Routh was working on a production that was in the same studio as we were. Mm-hmm. And he said hi to me. Nice. Um, Superman said hi to me. <laughs> um <laughs> So that was super cool, and mm-hmm. that makes me want to watch it again, too. So, yeah, next time, Superman Returns. Sorry. <laughs> Sounds like a plan. All right, that's it, guys. Uh, go go watch movies again. All right, bye.